Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining with us today. If you're hearing this audio, um, we're grateful that you are listening and trust that it be a blessing to you. We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And trust that your celebrations will be filled with Christ's Spirit. We also, in saying that, want to encourage everyone to be vigilant and safe uh, during this second wave of COVID. And uh, just trust that you're keeping well. Just a note that if you have any prayer requests or items of praise, please feel free to share that on WhatsApp or on our platforms, our social media platforms, or give the pastor a call. We'd like to get this word out. Okay, so those lines still remain open and watched daily. Uh, we'd love to hear your news and share your burdens. Um, what else is there? Yes, Christmas Day service coming up on the 25th, obviously, 9 a.m. at the church. No need to book. Uh, very excited about that. And then, of course, ending the year on the 27th of December, the last Sunday of the year, uh, with five baptisms. It's going to be a great celebration. So I'm looking forward to everyone attending. Um, This is a service you don't want to miss. So it'll be held outside, uh, God willing, um, for practical reasons, for safety reasons. Outside, we're going to celebrate and see what God is doing through these candidates' lives. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay, so our series that we have been embarking on has has a goal. And that goal is to provoke the Spirit of Christ in our Christmas celebrations this year. Whether your Christmas celebration is isolated, unknown, and unprecedented because you have no family coming over or you're not going to have any family, and those frustrations can cloud Jesus. You know, you can miss Jesus in this Christmas. I think you can also miss Jesus in the busyness. If you do have family coming over or you're going to family and the rush and the hustle and the bustle, you can miss Jesus in those frustrations too. We don't want anyone to miss Jesus. This is an opportunity to look at baby Jesus afresh. And it is an opportunity to renew our worship, renew our commitment, um, renew our walk with God as we look at the offices of Christ, which is what we've been doing over the last two weeks. Okay, now today we're going to highlight this aspect that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, our Redeemer, our Avenger, right? 
our avenger. You know, the Bible tells us that from the beginning, this has always been God's plan. It was always God's plan that he would come and save people from their sins. Remember what the angel said to Joseph in Matthew 1.21. And she will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. That's his mission. That's his goal. It's always been his intent. And, uh, I mean, from the beginning, we see from cover to cover in our Bible, we see these aspects of God's redeeming work. Right? We see it, it <laughs> in the Garden of Eden. We talked about that last week. That's redemption. Uh, we see it in Noah's Ark. That's a picture of the cross. That's redemption. We see in Abraham um, on the mount with Isaac. We see redemption. We see it through Boaz and Ruth. Remember that story. We see it through Israel coming out of Egypt. God redeeming his people. We see it on the Day of Atonement. Um, we, we see it in Job. We see it even in Job and his suffering and how he is redeemed. But we see it perfectly, perfectly, because it all culminates. It all grows up into a swell in Jesus Christ. That baby that we are looking at this Christmas, we need to look at with, with, with two eyes. One, the love of God. And the other one, the justice of God. We see that baby with both those eyes. Because God has given us Jesus. That's the love of God. But why? As a redeemer. Why? Because we are broken. Both those aspects come crashing together in this baby Jesus. Okay. Right. So let's kick off then. Romans chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Romans chapter 3 from verse 21 to 26. Let's read together. Romans 3, 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And just so far, may God bless the reading of His Word to us today. Okay, my first point is this, that Jesus has always been the plan of God for redemption. That's always been God's plan. Always, always, always. Okay. In Romans chapter 3, Paul is helping a largely Jewish church uh, in Rome. Largely Jewish, but very culturally mixed. Mostly Jewish and Gentiles. And he's helping them understand the nature of the law. The nature of the law. Because they knew the law, but they didn't understand the nature of of the why did the law exist that's what they needed to to relearn okay and so he breaks down for them in verse 21 um, their view of righteousness okay because they in their view righteousness 
is very in sync with the law and keeping the law consistently. All right, that's righteousness. And he he starts to break that down. He says, no. Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. Okay. So he wants them to understand that there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to save ourselves. That's what I touched on last week as well. The Jews' faithfulness to the law, no matter how consistent, would be insufficient to provide for their salvation. However, with Jesus, with Jesus, this now becomes a possibility and a reality for those in Jesus. Jesus is the culmination of the law. He's the perfection of the law. Jesus is better than the law. Matthew 5, 17. Remember, Jesus came not to destroy and dismantle the law, but to help people understand why the law exists and to be a fulfillment of the law. Let's do a side note here. Side note. I know that, generally speaking, Christians split the Bible into two pieces, Old Testament, New Testament. That makes a bit of sense. And by splitting it, they say Old Testament law and wrath, New Testament grace and love. Uh, Right? Jesus and love. Now, that is half a truth. Because by saying that and by teaching that, we're saying that the New Testament has eclipsed the, the Old Testament, the Old Testament is irrelevant. We must remember, everyone, that the Bible is one book, cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, one story, 66 books. It's one cohesive unit, not contradicting each other. Okay, Jesus came not to abolish the law, not to do away with the law, but to perfect the law. So in Paul's uh, motive of, of Romans, in reviewing the Old Testament, he's just reviewing it, the positives and the negatives. Now, they are significant negatives, but they are positives. Okay, so that's just a side note. When you pick up that Bible cover to cover, it's one book. One book, all of it. All right. All right, let's go back to our verse. Verse 21. He says there, but now, and here's the word, apart from the law part what is or distinct from the law what is distinct from the law there it is the righteousness of god okay that's interesting the righteousness of god is distinct it's apart from the law there are major implications by saying that as i touched on last week and as i just said now apart from the law okay in which to a jewish person that would have been their righteousness He's saying, no, apart from the law, distinct from the law, a righteousness of God has been made known. Can you imagine how that would have struck the hearts of the Jewish people? But we need need this to strike our hearts, friends. I know this is a simple truth. Jesus has always been the plan of God to redeem his people. I know it's a simple truth. We know it's true and we can make it common. But this Christmas, let us lift that up again. Let's have that re-examine our hearts again and deepen our worship. Uh, You could put there, but now, apart from the law, distinct from the law, Jesus has been made known. Jesus has been made known. And you could fill in the rest, to which the law and the prophets testify. 
Okay, so the law and the prophets, they're not in opposition to Jesus. And Jesus is not in opposition to the law and the prophets. Your Bible is not split in two. It has an Old Testament and a New Testament, but Jesus is testified to with the law and the prophets. And Jesus fulfills the law. Right? You see them together, not in opposition. In other words, from the beginning, God has been pointing to Jesus. All right? That book on your lap, from the beginning, book by book, God has been pointing to Jesus. And that's what Paul is shouting to the church at Rome. Listen, guys, Jesus has always been God's plan from the beginning. The Bible, all the Bible points to it. Now, at the time that Paul is writing, they don't have the New Testament. They are living the New Testament. Um, Jesus is speaking the New Testament. Paul is writing the New Testament. But at that point, the only scripture they have is the Old Testament. Okay, and what does Jesus say about the Old Testament? That's interesting. John chapter 5, verse 39. John 5, 39, he says, You study the scriptures diligently, because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So Jesus is saying, you look at these scriptures. Maybe your, your translation says you pour over these scriptures. And you think in them is eternal life. He's saying, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. He's, Jesus is saying, these all point to me. A righteousness apart from the law has been revealed. I am that. I am that. The law cannot save. Past, present, and future, the law has never saved. No one has ever kept the law 100%. No one. And we know this is a universal condition. No one has ever kept the law. I mean, we don't have to teach children how to do wrong things. I mean, from the time they are crawling, you, I've forgotten when does a child start to learn how to crawl. I don't know. Nine months? Nine months? What's the first thing they go for? They go for the plugs. They go for the plugs. They go to put their fingers in the plug. <laughs> You've got to teach them how to do good. And teach them and teach them and teach them. And even as we get older, I mean, we're just prone to do the wrong things, aren't we? It's a universal condition. So this text is a reminder that we can't perfectly keep the law. But that's okay. That's not what the law is intended to do or be. The law is not to save us. The law is the bomb that reveals to us our need for a redeemer. A redeemer. Having a standard we can't keep reveals to us we need a redeemer. So the law has done its job when it tells you you have a problem. And when you look at the law and examine your heart according to the law, we realize we have a massive problem. In fact, only God can give an objective opinion about our problem. It is so big. It is so big. Amen. But the law does that. It, it points us that we're broken, but the law also points us to a redeemer. A redeemer. And that's... 
simply how it's put. The Lord points out our problem, but it also points out our solution. I like Brian Chappell's quote. He says, Grace does not spring up like a surprise jack-in-the-box in the New Testament. God's people were prepared for millennia to understand and receive the grace of God. All of Scripture points to Jesus. And uh, Jesus on the cross is not God's knee-jerk reaction to a failed plan. In Acts chapter 4, Peter says, Before the foundation of the earth, God had a plan. And His plan was Jesus. Thank you, God. That's point one. Point two, going back to Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 22 and 23. The righteousness is given through faith in Christ, Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Three words there I'd like you to circle, and that is all, no, N-O, and all again. Okay? Now, to get the inertia of these two verses, let's again understand the context. It's going to bring the punch. Paul is writing to a church in Rome, all right, that has got a major crisis inside the church. And that crisis is, are you ready? Racism. Racism is in the early church. We've got Jews who think they are better and more superior and who think that the Gentiles are inferior. That's what we've got here. So those three words are very significant. All, no, all. Okay? Uh, there's racial, ethnic, cultural conflict taking place. And Paul is writing to this. I mean, it goes right back to even in, in the book of Acts, where we have the Jewish widows getting meals every day. And what does the word tell us about the Gentile widows? They were not getting food because Christian Jews were, were, were dividing the food according to racial, ethnic, and cultural differences. This, this was a huge problem in the early church. Okay? So what's Paul saying in verse 23 and 20, 22 and 23, if you read it again? This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ. Now we get that. We get that. To all who believe, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I think this is very striking for us this Christmas, everybody, that we again, you know, just put down your social media account, put down the newspaper, put down your feelings, put down your experiences and prejudices, put it down. If you want Christ's spirit this Christmas, we need to embrace this spirit of Christ. And that is, this righteousness has been given to all who believe. And there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Why? Because all have sinned. I mean, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. We're, we're all broken. We're all failed. We're all fragile. We're all, it's all of us. And it does matter we get this right. We must get this right. I mean, we understand how to be made right with God. And God makes us right with Himself through Jesus Christ. And by doing that, He's also made us right with one another. He has made, listen to that now, He has made you right with your brother and your sister in Christ Jesus. To hold 
to hold any different view of a Christian brother or sister because of their race, their culture, or their ethnicity, that's in conflict with the justification of God in our lives. That's in conflict with how we have all been created equal in the image of God. That's in conflict with the hope to which you are working towards. Um, I mean, in eternity, what is it going to look like? We're not going to look like one big culture. Um, in eternity, every tribe, every nation, every tongue is going to be represented there. All right, Th this is our hope. And is it your hope? Don't lose that this Christmas. And if you have lost that, friends, you need to look again. Look again at your Jesus. Because the Spirit of Christ is a righteousness apart from the law for all who believe. And there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Amen. This is what Paul is getting at here. God is reconciling. God is reconciling, getting us right, getting us right with Him and getting us right with one another. So you do drop, we drop the attitude of superiority. We drop it. I want to also take it another side application on this. That uh, and it happened this past week with myself. Um, you. I mean, personally, it is probably the most uh, despondent I've, I've ever felt. I witnessed a massive injustice, and it affected me personally, um, having worked two years in a, in a certain matter, two years, and meetings and paperwork, uh, detectives, a prosecutor, attorneys, meetings, bank statements. I mean, and then I witnessed a major, major injustice. And out of that injustice, I couldn't help it. I had to share my feelings with the executive. I said, guys, please pray for me. Pray for me. I'm broken. I am broken. I am so angry. I can't even sleep at night. Help me. How am I going to get through this week? I'm so distracted. I'm okay for a minute, and the next minute, just this wave of irritation comes over me. I'm, I feel lost. I feel like I'm at sea. Please help me. Please pray for me. And well, I mean, I think that was the. the those times don't come often um, for me. And as I conveyed my feelings to the executive, I'm grateful to God for their input, their guidance, their, their letters of encouragement, but most of all for their prayers. What am I getting at here? I'm getting at that, friends, I think we would be a stronger church if we realized our weaknesses. Weakness is our strength. Weakness is our strength. I think we have a lot to be thankful for as ABC going forward to 2021. And this Christmas, we have a lot to be thankful for. But if we really want the Spirit of Christ in us, weakness is our strength. Amen? And we must not get carried away that in our gratitude and in our praise and in our thanksgiving, we overlook our weaknesses. We must not overlook our weaknesses. Our weaknesses are our strength. 
And if you're struggling this Christmas, if there's a weakness, a frailty, a brokenness, a fragility, then like you did when you gave your life to the Lord, what did you do when you gave your life to the Lord? You? <laughs> you acknowledged it, didn't you? You confessed it. You confessed it. And then what? Well, then God knew you. God loved you. And God forgave you. And, and that same culture must go through us into the church. We, are, we must aim to be a church that fights against a plastic Christianity where everything is, I'm just fine, I'm okay, you know, putting on this pretense of strength because that's not a strong church. A strong church is one that, that is forthcoming when it is weak, right? That is accountable, transparent, and there is a freedom, a freedom in the church to confess. And when there is that confession, the power of God is equally there, if not more, to save, to forgive, to redeem, to redeem. I was redeemed this week. <laughs> I know I was redeemed in Christ uh, many, many, many years ago, but I was redeemed this week by the prayers of the executive. And I want to encourage you with that. That this same privilege, this same opportunity is for all of us. We must not remain terrified of acknowledging our weaknesses. That is of the devil. I think many are terrified of acknowledging their weaknesses, but at the same time, screaming inside for someone to know so that they can get help. We must not condone a plastic culture in the church. All right. We're not well. And we struggle. Why? Because the Bible tells us in verse chapter 3, 23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our members at ABC are very comfortable with that statement. Are you? Are you comfortable with that? I'm comfortable with that statement. I got reminded of it just this week. All right. We're all broken and we all need Jesus. That's my second point and I've underpinned that. It's true of all of us. There is no one better than the other. There is no superiority. There's no value in your culture, your ethnicity, your race, your background. We're all equally broken. And this is not a problem if we will acknowledge our brokenness and run to Jesus. Okay. I like what Timothy Keller says. He says, faith is simply the attitude of coming to God with empty hands. So point one. God's plan has always been the redeeming work of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you look at that baby Jesus, this, that was always God's plan. Number two, when you look at that baby Jesus, you realize that in Him coming, He came to do what? To redeem. Why? Because we're all broken. We're broken. You're broken. Everyone's broken. <laughs> we're all the same. But this is point three. By God's grace and His righteousness, He's made a way for our redemption. Okay, now Paul has clarified that we're all broken and need redemption. And now he points the picture away of redemption. Verse 24. Here we go. And all are justified freely by His grace 
through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. There it is, to be received by faith. So the Bible says a blood sacrifice was necessary for our sins. Why? Because God is perfect, He's right, and He's holy. He cannot coexist with sin. When there's unrighteousness, it has to be dealt with. It cannot be dismissed. So that's why when you look at that baby Jesus, you're looking at God's love, yes, but you also need to see God's justice. Because that baby was born with intent to meet God's wrath. Right? To meet out God's justice. You could be having, I mean, a guy could be living perfectly. Let's, let's say hypothetically a man has lived 199 days perfectly. And on the 100th day he makes one mistake. He makes one mistake and now he faces, faces the magistrate. And the magistrate um, hears his case. And he says, Judge, I've, I've lived 99 days perfectly. Please let me go. You can overlook this. Just ignore this. Just put it away. It never happened. Would that be a good magistrate? No. No good judge can overlook an injustice. He's got to deal with it. And similarly with God. He's a good God. He's a just God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. And so there is a blood sacrifice to deal with that sin. Sin leaves a debt in His presence. He can't say it's fine and it's okay. Don't deal with it. God doesn't just set justice aside you know what our god does he takes it upon himself he takes it upon himself god is just and god is love he sends his son to die on the cross in our place and he condemns his son jesus to die as a perfect man and as a perfect man he could atone for the world's sin because he was perfect so he, God takes the wrath of God on Himself in the cross of Jesus Christ. Do you see that this Christmas? Do you see that when you look at baby Jesus? This is why Jesus as our Redeemer is so significant. He's more than a baby in a manger. It's God becoming man to live a perfect life, to stand in our place and die on our behalf. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of blood to be received by faith. You look at that when you look at baby Jesus. He continues in verse 25. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So, Jesus' death on the cross on our behalf allows God to be righteous. It also allows Him now to anyone who has faith in Him, anyone who trusts in Him, anyone who takes His righteousness, then He is covered by that same righteousness. So that means when God looks at us, He doesn't see us anymore. He doesn't see us broken, sinful, weak, and fragile. 
he sees what? Okay? He sees what? Righteousness. Jesus. He sees Jesus. Now we are guilty and we continue to sin. But Jesus Christ redeems us. I just gave testimony of that. So in the past, He has redeemed us when we gave our life to the Lord. He continues to redeem us day by day. And we are looking forward to the day where His righteousness will be made perfect. As much as humanly possible, we will be like Jesus, fully righteous. So in conclusion, I'd like to close with this thought. Look at the phrase in verse 25. Um, end of 25. Yeah, he, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness, comma, because in his forbearance, just that, in his forbearance, in other words, in his patience. Just think about that for a moment. How significant has God's patience been in your life? Think of your life, well, my life. I'll, I'll use my life for a moment. From naught, and I got baptized when I was nine. That's a lot of patience. And then from nine to the age of 18, 18 is really when I would say I was reborn when I was 18. That's another nine years of patience. But 18 was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm now 43. That is a lot of patience. God has been patient with me for over 30 years as a Christian. And even though I'm 30 years plus as a Christian, I'm very much still a baby learning to walk. If, you know, let me put it, a baby learning to crawl. But when I read those words, because of his forbearance, because of his patience, you know what I see? When I see baby Jesus, I see God just clapping, cheering me on, saying, you keep going. You keep going. I love you. I love you. I love you. What's God doing this Christmas 2020? You know what he's saying? He's saying, I love you. 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord does not delay his promise, as some would delay, but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. That's how I want to close today's talk by looking at Jesus as our Redeemer. And that is for you this Christmas to trust in that one. Trust in that one. Jesus is the point of your life. He is the point of every life. He is the point of the world and the universe. It, is, it was started in motion towards that point and it is still on to that point where every tri tribe, every tongue, every nation will bow the knee. I hope you could see that today. I hope you could also see your need for Jesus. We have all sinned. We are all broken. We all need redeeming. And then I can hope you also see that there is a way to this Jesus through God's plan, through God's righteousness, by God's grace. 
which leaves no one with an excuse not to trust him. Trust him. That baby Jesus is more than just a prophet, more than a miracle worker, more than a good guy, more than a new way of doing life. That baby Jesus is Lord, is King. Is King. That baby Jesus is God's patience. Personified. That baby Jesus is your Redeemer. Is He your Redeemer? Do you really know this Redeemer? Do you have, are you assured that you have this Jesus as your Redeemer? That your past, your present and the future is redeemed. And that your eternity is redeemed in this Redeemer. And those who know this, those who have started this race, don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you needed to be reminded that Jesus is the point of your life. Sometimes our disappointments are reminders. They point to us what our idols have been. Jesus is the point of your life. Did you forget? Maybe you needed reminding that everyone needs Jesus. How are you looking at other people this Christmas? Even your own family members, even your enemies. Even in my injustice that I suffered this week, you know, my biggest revelation was the only way I got over that was acknowledging how patient God has been with me. And by looking at that ocean of patience, I then had the strength to forgive that enemy. I then had the rivers of life come into my heart to not just forgive him, but then to start the journey of loving him. My enemy, my enemy, I now love. And that's only by the grace and love of God. He's redeemed me. And I believe he want, I'm, I'm still going to be in that guy's life to redeem him, <laughs> strangely enough. But that's how God works. How are you seeing people this Christmas? Are you seeing them all as God sees them? And then, with the love of God for yourself and the love of God for others, let's tell the world that God is patient. God is love and God is just. Let's share his great story this Christmas, unashamedly. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for, thank you for this reminder, this tremendous victory which you have brought about through your son, Jesus Christ. Oh God Almighty, thank you for that perfect life that was perfectly sufficient to atone for us. Oh God, thank you. When our lives go through the barcode scanner, it reveals to us death. It reveals to us separation from God. It reveals to us the wrath of God. But you took that payment upon yourself and gave us Jesus, his righteousness. And now we stand we take that out with us. Thank you, God, for that righteousness. And I would pray, Lord God, that you would help us with this righteousness to see others with the same light. 
and Father, to help us in our witness and our testi testimony to others. Lord God, be with our church going forward, that we'd be a church that's unashamed to say that weakness is our strength, that we'd be a church that cultivates an atmosphere of freedom, honesty, authenticity, genuineness, just real people serving a real God, meeting real needs. Please help us not to be pretentious or to suffer unnecessarily because we think we, we should be strong. And then, Lord, for anyone listening to this now who has not received the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I would pray, God, this week they'd reach out, if not to any Christian friend, if not to the church itself, help them to reach out so that they may be led into this knowledge of life. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-228 and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace.